This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the No Nay Never podcast. I'm Adam and I'm here with an FPL special to fill a rare midweek that the Clarets don't have a fixture. It's also a pivotal period in the FPL season, so a perfect opportunity to put some meat on the bones of our weekly preview show updates. Luckily for you listeners, it's not just my dulcet tones that you have to listen to this week, as we have a very special guest joining us. Is a predominant member of the online FPL community, and more importantly, a fellow Burnley fan. On Twitter, he's at Claret FPL, but in real life, he's Jimmy. Welcome to the No Near Never podcast, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm all right, Adam. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, just going to run through uh, a few things to uh, try and give our listeners some good tips for the rest of this FPL season. Um, just start by asking, uh, do you remember when you started playing FPL um, and when did you did you decide to start tweeting about it? Because you've gathered quite a following online now. I do, I do. I remember um, it were a few years ago, I think it was 16-17 uh, season, and I had this mate that was always... Um, you know, the ones who were saying that you know, Kane shouldn't go to the Euros, they should take Tony instead of him and all this kind of stuff. And he, he thinks he knows everything about football. Um, and I just wanted to prove him wrong, to be honest. <laughs> um, it started purely just trying to prove a mate wrong. Um, and then I realised that it was loads of fun just doing the planning and doing the thinking and doing the uh, um, organising and everything like that. Um, but I'm an extrovert by nature. My wife says that if I was on a desert island, I'd start asking the coconuts how the weather's been. So I just had to talk to other people about it. Um, and it turned out that there were loads and loads of people online who were chatting about it. So I, um, I had a slow day at work, I won't lie to you, uh, and set up a Twitter account and just started putting things out there. And there were some good people who seemed to like what was going on and wanted to... To be honest, mostly wanted to slam a Burnley fan. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, we've we've got used to that over year, over the years, and yeah, I think I completely agree with you there. It is what you make of it. There's obviously all the local mini league rivalries that you've got, but then if you really want to take it seriously, there's all sorts of um, of data and um, and information out there that 
means you can get as stuck in as uh, as you want to. Uh, is there any general advice since you started? Obviously, you've, you have got into the detail uh, that you can share with our listeners uh, that has helped you. Uh, do you use any two tools to aid your decision making? Um, I've got to say, you come across as quite knowledgeable on Twitter. Obviously, this is the first time I've spoken to you, um, but you can also make fun of yourself when things don't go uh, don't turn out the way that you've hoped. Is this a true reflection of how you are as a manager? It seems a really good balance that you've got, but is that is that the true story? <laughs> if I'm coming across knowledgeable on Twitter, that means I've pulled the blag of a century. I'm doing all right <laughs> then. Um, you mentioned like the local mini leagues and that, and I've really enjoyed like following along with the podcast mini league um, and that kind of thing. And I think that's part of it. If you've got something that keeps you engaged and keeps you bothered, you know, trying to be 11 million other players in the world. It's not for everyone. Some people love that. Some people just want to smash a few mates. Some people want to be the best fan of their club. Like, find what gets you engaged um, is a big one. But when it comes to specific strategies for um, actually doing well at the game itself, there's a massive, um, I guess you could call it a debate, I guess you could call it um, the middle-class equivalent of a punch-up between people who prefer the stats side of things, people who prefer um, like the eye test kind of things. Football's playing on the grass, that cloud. Um, and I think there's a bit of both to be adding that. But something that I think gets missed quite a lot is what's going on in like the bigger picture. Because if you've got a club like, um, like Chelsea at the end of last season when there was all this going on about the takeover and there was all this going on about um, the managers and all this kind of thing and the sanctions for Abramovich and that. And when that was happening, the form went down the drain. And right now with everything that's going on with Potter, um, you know, their form's not been too good recently as well. And obviously there's injuries in that. But I think people quickly forget the mood of the club in general and the momentum that the club's in when it comes to making their decisions and they'll look at good fixtures, but then they'll realise actually everything off the pitch is a dumpster fire. Um, and I think if you kind of bear the health of the club in mind, that's going to affect their mentality to some level. Um, so that's something that I always try to have in the back of my mind when making some of these plans. What's the momentum saying as well? Yeah, I think that's a really good point because you look at clubs like Chelsea and Tottenham and in the last few seasons, you'd probably be having two or three of their assets in your team quite a lot of the season. Whereas outside of Kane at Spurs, um, there's been very few. I've not seen many Spurs players in people's teams. And Chelsea, like you say, they're just an absolute car crash, and especially, and that is converted into FPL, where there isn't a safe pick on the pitch. There isn't an informed pick on the pitch. Probably Kepa's the best bet. And that's when Mendy got injured. And even before that, there were a bit of a rotation and, uh, now Thiago Silva's injured. It just seems to be one thing after another um, with them. But yeah, really, really good points there. How is your season going so far? Um, to be honest, mate, this season's not going as well as last season. Um, last season, I ended up um, in the top thousand um, in the new year. And then I don't know if you remember, but there was a bunch of accounts that got hacked and details got changed and stuff like that. And yeah. mine was one of them. Oh, no. Um, and then for a whole bunch of boring admin reasons that I won't trouble you all with, I wasn't able to get back into it, so I had to start again from scratch. So I picked up a team at a million, 
um, and ended up at around 200k or so. So last season wasn't great. This season isn't doing too much better now because I've, I've just been trying to pick differentials and pick sort of maverick players all season just to see what happens. Because I've had, you know, enough seasons now trying to play it seriously. So I yeah. thought, what happens if you just go for the fun pick and captain the 0.3% owned player and da-da-da. So um, I'm at about 550k and some odd change, uh, which isn't cracking. But it's been more fun and I've spent less time looking at spreadsheets. So my actual life's been richer for it as well. <laughs> well, I suppose that is the most important thing at the end of the year because, I, as I mentioned before, it seemed like you enjoyed playing the game and you were obviously pretty good at it. There is that always that balance, and it's very easy to let it affect you too much. And I've been guilty of that in the past. Um, so yeah, it sounds like a really, really good way to play it. And I think the most important thing is everyone to play uh their own game. I'm just gonna put your um team up on the screen. Um, if you want to talk us through um what um well you you obviously went went through it with the double game week players last week, got a bit unfortunate with Bueno. Um, obviously, the, a lot of the talking points in the next few weeks are around chip strategy. Has your chip strategy changed after the midweek FA Cup results? Uh, just for reference for listeners, there'd normally be around 10 blanks caused by Premier League teams playing in the latter stages of the FA Cup. This year, there'll be just five in game weeks 28. Um, sorry, in yeah, there'll just be five blanks in game weeks 28 and 32 meaning there'll be much smaller double game weeks in 34 and 37 compared to previous seasons. Uh, has Have the shocks in midweek affected what your plans were going to be? Crikey, I'm surprised you're allowed to put that on the screen without a trigger warning these days. That's a <laughs> crash of a game week. Um, I forgot I even had that Andreas one-pointer hanging around there, so thanks for the uh, reminder on that one. Um yes and no. It didn't change my strategy because I didn't create one until the FA Cup game weeks because it was just going to go out the window anyway. So I thought there's no point spending the time on something I'm going to have to rip up. But since we got those results coming, we've got quite a lot of clarity. And you're right, we know where the blanks are going to be. We know where the doubles are going to be. And I think there's two options, really, both centred around when you're playing your wild card and you mentioned before we started, didn't you, that you've been looking at that wild card, you know, this game week or the next game week, was it? Uh, yeah, so just conscious, this this recording will go out after game week 26 um, deadline, but I don't think there's much difference between a wild card 26 and 27. And if I wasn't going to play it this week, given the results after in, in midweek, I would have played it next week anyway so I still think it's valid um, and yeah my strategy strategy has changed after the results like you said I probably shouldn't have made one but I was very presumptuous thinking that um, teams like Southampton and Spurs would win their uh, FA Cup games and maybe still held a hope that Liverpool wouldn't blank but then obviously Fulham beat Leeds so it has literally all changed I've ripped up everything that I'd planned before and I am going down the earlier wildcard route. I was originally planning to navigate my way through blank game week 28 with a free hit, so not really worry about it. Um, free hit when all the blanks were in a hit, and then 
um, muddle my, not muddle my way through, but get my way through to 32, the second blank, um, and then wildcard in 33 to take advantage of the double game weeks in 34 and 37. But like I said, I'm now going to attack the bigger double, double game week in 29, and then later on it shouldn't be as difficult to navigate because of um, the less fixtures that are that are moving around later on in the season. Um, but go on, you said you had two plans. Which one are you going with? Which one do you think is the other option? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to know. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fine at the end of the day. You know, free hit 28 makes perfect sense. The downside of that is, um, you know, what is your upside going to be on that week? You know, with a lot of the a lot of teams not playing, how much opportunity is there to hit up um, the ranks in there? I'd always prefer to play my chips aggressively rather than kind of defensively, but that's just my personal style. It's perfectly valid. Um, you ultimately, you can either wildcard kind of now or like game week 27 kind of thing. The event you're doing it 26, get extra free transfer um, in the build-up to the blanks, but by the by. Um, yeah, you can either do it now either free hit or navigate the blank game week 28 and then make the most of the big double game week 29 um, maybe with a bench boost, something like that. Um, and yeah, you know, that's that's perfectly fine. A lot of people have got their teams lined up in that way that they kind of got to do that um, or it's the best option for them without taking minus eight, minus eight, minus 12, da, da, da. So not a problem with that. But for me, the biggest problem is that if we're wildcarding now, Double game week 29, it's about a month away. And we've got yeah. an international break in the middle of that. So it's not a given, but I don't I don't like trying to look a month down the line and saying I'm going to lock myself into what's going to happen then. You know, for example, um, at Newcastle, um, Bruno G's just uh, on his way back for them. And he'll have had a month embedding back in with that team on and off. So that's going to change how things are for them, maybe improve them defensively. United assets might not be as hard, all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to look a long way into the future. It's not a bad option, but i just like to see if there's another way of going. And if we look at the way the FA Cup next round might be going, I think we can kind of say that United, probably the favourites to win their game. Brighton, probably the favourites to win their game. And as much as, you know, I'll be down there if possible, screaming on and cheering on. If you're a betting man, you probably don't put it on us to beat City, you know. Realistically, if we're, if we're looking at the cold hard FPL, you've got to say that they're favourites to win. So they've also all got games to be rearranged from game week 28. So they're almost certainly going to double in both 34 and 37. Um, now, we don't know which order they're going to go in, which is going to go in 34, which is going to go in 37, but at the end of the day, they're going to be teams that you're going to want a hell of a lot from towards the end of the season. Brighton, for example, they've got off the top of my head, I think it's four or five doubles. Potentially. I've just, I don't know if you can see the screen, the um, Jimmy, but I've just put the schedule up. Um, there you go. Hopefully it'll Good be man. in front of you there. And you can see all the doubles that Brighton have got. Um, That's it. I mean, it's, it's crackers, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, if we're if we're kind of looking at that that's up on there, 
what are the teams that you know really want after after game week twenty nine? They're going to be City, Brighton, Man United, Liverpool, probably Chelsea, probably West Ham. A few of which are the teams that you're not going to want too many of before game week twenty nine. Them exact teams, and they're the teams this season that have the more expensive assets and the more players. So they're going to be on average a bit harder to get for people, unless you keep you know eight, nine, ten million in the bank, which is possible. Fair enough. So there's an argument to be had for saving your wild card for game week thirty, maybe game week thirty three after that double after that blank. Sorry. So you can steam right back into all those heavy hitters, your Salas, um, even your Harlands. You know, if you look at those fixtures, there's an argument where you say you could say that Kane outscores Haaland up until the end of 29. Yeah. You could make the argument. So if you risk it now, let's say you're at my rank and you're dying around half a mil and you really want to jump up, you could take a risk knowing that you've got the get-out-of-jail-free card in your back pocket to bring him back in afterwards. So the not an option there would be plan your way through um sort of game week twenty eight to twenty nine, maybe get a few of those players that will play in both of them to cover you off, and then go into uh, the wild card in game week thirty or maybe thirty three so you can slam right back into some of those expensive assets that are going to carry you through to the end of the season, and that's the way that I've decided to go. I've made uh, a couple of transfers tonight on that basis. Partly because it's just a bit different and partly because I'd rather kind of play fast and hard. And at my level, if you crash out at a million, it's not much different to crashing out at 500k. So I'd rather have a bit of a laugh while doing it. Yeah, no, completely understand that. And it um, it definitely wasn't a given that I would be changing strategy. I still do like the wildcard 33 um, just to get, like you said, the City, United, Brighton, um, and then potentially Chelsea and Liverpool players into your side for them last few fixtures. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking at your side there, um, I don't know who you've taken out, but um, yeah, what what are your transfers this week on uh, after, after so, game week 25? So, so Bueno's broken, so we had to go. He's gone to bend me. Um, yeah. Just one, you know, I need another hurrah from the skipper. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a look at Liverpool's games. Man United at home. It's not a given, but if there's anywhere where the blood's going to be up and you might get a shock result. It's mad that Liverpool winning at home is a shock result these days, but here we are. You know, that's that's somewhere you could take a punt on. Um, so I've kept Salah, but I've sold Darwin. And I've upgraded Andreas up to Madison, who is now back from injury. Um, And he's someone I'll mention a little bit later. But I've gone Bueno to Ben Mee, Andreas to Madison, and Darwin to Iheanacho. Brilliant. Loading up on uh, on Leicester, that is a a gamble. But as, as well, I'll just put it back on the screen there. You can see Leicester's fixtures coming up, and they do have... A very nice double in 29, Crystal Palace away and Aston Villa at home. Uh, so, yeah, if I wasn't going for the wild card now, then I'd be doing pretty similar, getting the Brentford players. And you've already got Lamptey from Brighton 
Um, and then, yeah, just trying to get as many twenty game week 29 players in um, as possible. Uh, I think I'll, I'll just talk you through what I've done to my team. So another reason for me wanting to wildcard was I was fed up of Edison. Um, City, <laughs> just, City were just conceding a stupid goal every single week. And winning three one and four one and it was just getting ridiculous and it were uh so he had to go. De Bruyne, I've always owned Salah over him in the past when they were both expensive and both firing, and he always punished me, and he's punished me for not owning him over over a long period, um, by being absolutely rubbish since I brought him in. So I'll be uh, happy to get rid of him. And then there's Enketia, Patterson, um, and even White, who's been a bit in and out. No, I'm not happy with in my side. Perot and Tarkovsky, obviously Tarkovsky just had a double game. We can still manage to get zero points, uh, which were all fun and games. But there's quite a few of my um, players that I'd, I'd be quite happy to see the back of. Um, and I saw plenty of upside with um, going with the wild card. So my wild card team at the moment um, is Kepper and Rea as the goalkeepers. I think there's um and then sorry, Pinnock from Brentford, Zinchenko, and his Stupinan from Brighton, Mitoma, Saka, who I've captained against Bournemouth, Martinelli, Rashford, Harland, Kane, Tony, and then a bench of Solly March, Trippier, and Botman. So I've gone all out with the game uh, double game week 27, um, Brighton and Brentford players. Uh, and then I've tried to pick players who are playing in game week 28 and as many as possible double in 29 as well. Um, There's quite a few in there that could go either way. So Botman could be Shah, the Brighton midfielders, Mitoma and March could be McAllister, Uh, Zinchenko could be Gabriel, Martinelli could be Odegaard. And if I'd obviously I'm playing this in game week 26, in game week 27, without that Bournemouth at home fixture for Arsenal, I'd probably be considering Madison um, instead of um, Martinelli or Odegaard. And then there's a the whole Rea and Sanchez uh, debate. I think Rea's the better goalkeeper. He's got better stats. But then Sanchez will, have an, will allow you to have an extra fixture because you won't have the three Brighton outfield players in game week 28 that will all not be playing. And then there's the temptation. You were saying about Haaland after game week 29, I'd be tempted to uh, ditch him in 28 um, for Watkins, but obviously that's a big risk and I'm going to have to think about that before um, before I make that move. And then I'll be bringing him straight back in in, in a few weeks' time. But, but uh, Watkins, mate, they must have some strong stuff on your side of the Pennines to risk that, right? <laughs> it's five in five, Watkins. Uh, they've got some good fixes. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know... Um, that's, so there's some different ways of playing it from, it sounds like we're probably diff, very different managers, especially this season, if you're taking a few more risks. Obviously, there's plenty of ways to play the game. Um, is there anything else you want to add on that before we just talk about how different players can play the game in terms of mini leagues or if they're going for the like the overall rank? Like, have you got any, have you got any advice for me on, on that team? Uh, yeah, first of all, I'm very unhappy that you've got two players who scored zero and you still outscored me last week. 
very unhappy <laughs> about that. Uh, um, no, to be honest, like, you know, hearing that you wanting to make, what, seven or eight changes, I was counting anyway. And that makes perfect sense to play a wild card when you've got that many things that you're unhappy with. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense, mate, to be honest with you. Um, no kind of criticism there. It just fits your team, didn't fit mine as well. Play it your way, man. Yeah, that, I think that's the overall message that you're probably going to get from us. Um, use the information available to you and, yeah, play your own game um, using whatever tools you see fit. Um, do you think, do you believe that FPL players rank and status in mini leagues? Um, like, for example, in your mini league, if you're defending a leader, if you're chasing, um and if that mini league is what you care about the most, does that impact the way that you approach the next few weeks, or do you think people should? Do you think there is, there are different ways to play the game, mini league versus overall rank? Yeah, I think definitely. Like if you're in a league um, and you know that everyone else in your league is a certain player who's really highly owned, um, then you know, and you're chasing, is it worth getting him in to climb the ranks? Probably not. But actually, that same player might not be as highly owned in the whole game. So you might not get him if you were trying to get like number one in the world. But because you know all of your mates have this guy, you might make a different choice there. Kind of the same with the opposite one. No one in your league has got, um, who have you got in your team, you know, uh, has gone with Nonto, let's say. No one in your league's got him, but then everyone around your rank, let's say 10k, has managed to get him. So you might make those decisions depending on where you're trying to chase. They're both valid, to be fair. And it, again, it's right back to what I said at the start. What's the way that gets you the most enjoyment out of playing? Do that and do that as well as you can. Yeah, very good. Um, I just thought it'd be, it'd be useful just to run through each team and just quickly say whether it's worth getting their players in at this point or longer term or whether you just avoid them completely and just if there's any assets any players that stick out in these teams that you'd want to get or you'd get over the other players in that squad. So just run through Arsenal. Like I'm I'm planning on tripling up on Arsenal probably for, or at least doubling up for the rest of the season, even though they don't have any doubles because obviously the top of the league, they are up there with City as the best team in the league and probably United as well at the moment. What do you think? Yep, um, I can't commit to a triple up at this stage, but I'm very happy with the three I've got at the minute and I can't see myself dropping below two for exactly the same reasons there. You know, in the form, playing well, good buzz around the club, good fixtures, what more do you need? Yeah, brilliant. Villa, obviously I've mentioned the fixtures, they're in front of us there on screen. Uh, Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, and then a double, Chelsea and Leicester, and then Forest in 30. Really good fixtures. What are your thoughts? Obviously, you, you don't, you're not a fan of Watkins, but would you go for any no, of players or is it an avoid for you? To be fair, I am a fan of Watkins. It's just a risk, you know, harm to him. But he's a good player and he's playing out of his skin and Emery's getting the best out of him. Um, I think you could shout a defensive option in there, to be fair. Um, no reason why not. Um, good enough fixtures. And again, they're playing well and there's a good buzz around the club. So you could look at, you know, um, you could look at them up front. You could look at them in defence, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth. So I've got a good mate of mine, Jake, who always uh, bangs the Solanke uh, drum. And I really can't tell if it's a joke anymore, but he's already talking about bringing him in. 
Fulham and Brighton at home in 29, does that make any Bournemouth assets actually viable or would you just avoid? I think I'd avoid, but... There's there's too many other players that you're going to want in each position. Your Brighton mids, all your strikers that I'm sure we're going to mention. There's plenty of cheap defenders. Like if you've got um, someone to stick last on your bench um, for a bench boost, who's like a cheap defender or something like that. Okay, maybe, but you're not going to have anyone serious there taking up a spot from someone else. No. Not for I, me. I wouldn't bat them keeping a clean sheet in, in many fixtures, to be honest. Or Yeah, I'd... It's an avoid for me, but um, Jimmy says maybe. Uh, well, probably not actually, but um, right. Brentford, we've spoken a lot about. I think the main thing for me is Ivan Tony. Uh, yes or no, upcoming ban, but obviously the best forward asset in that Brentford team. What's your What's your opinion on the Tony situation? I don't think the ban will bother us for this duration. It's not at the hearing yet. And from what I've heard, they're looking at around April. So I'm not worried about the ban. What I am worried about is his yellow cards. If he gets one yellow card, let's say against Fulham, then he's one away from suspension. You know, he gets that anywhere in this run, you're absolutely screwed. So I'm not saying don't go for Tony. He's a cracking option. And if I was on wildcard, I absolutely would. But bear in mind that you might be dealing with a problem just when you don't want to be. Yeah, and actually, I'd read that and then I'd forgotten about it, to be honest. But like you said, I can't face not having him because uh, of the because the upside. But yeah, definitely worth uh, worth keeping in mind. Um, Brighton, um, like we already mentioned, all the all the potential doubles that they're going to get if they beat Grimsby as they they're expected to in the FA Cup quarterfinals. They've already got double game weeks because of postponements early in the season. They've got plenty more to come. Is that an easy triple up? And which triple up would you be going for if that is the case? I wouldn't say it's easy because of what happens in game week 28, but it's definitely um, exciting, to be honest with you. Um, I'd I'd, be, I'd look at a defence, um, whether you're looking at the goalkeeper, you can just bench him, as you were saying. I think that's a cracking shout. And um, one of those attacking mids. Um, someone who goes a little bit under the radar, uh, Sally March. If you're into your stats... Um, he's got an expected goal involvement of 0.46. If you're not into your stats, um, he was described by my Brighton mate as playing like a man possessed. So he's going under the radar. Matoma's getting the love. McAllister's getting the love with his World Cup, um, you know, yeah, his World Cup medal. But yeah. March might be worth a second look there. There you go. He gets uh, he passes uh, both the data and the eye test. Then um, Chelsea. So. I if I did have Reese James in one of my drafts today until I saw in the press conference that he's got a tight hamstring again. I'm really I'm just falling out of love of with Reese James to be honest. I think he had one massive hole last year, 21 points. I missed it, and it were against Burnley. So he can, <laughs> I think he can Don't just remind me. <laughs> I think he can just do one for me. But is there is there anyone? Obviously, you've you've got Jao Felix. I can understand that shot. He did all right for a couple of weeks. Um, and they have got good fixtures and a double game week. So the fact that we're not talking about them that much um, probably says a lot about what you were talking about before. But is there any way you'd be bringing more than just Jao Felix into your team at the moment? Or is that you done with Chelsea? I've got Kepa. Oh, have you got Kepa as well? 
But <laughs> Leeds, Leicester, Everton, and then a double up of Villa and Liverpool. Everton in that blank is a beautiful fixture. Um, no disrespect to Deitch, obviously, <laughs> but it's a beautiful fixture. No, so there is a shout to be made, but you've got to go in with your eyes open, knowing that they're um, bobbins. And the rotation as well scares me. If I'm lining up a like a bench boost in 29, uh, which I am doing that, it just scares the thought of owning mm. more than maybe one. I might go with one, but more than one, it's just too much of a risk. The rubbish, well, they're not rubbish. They've not been performing and they've got the rotation. I think Potter's worse than Pep at the moment, but yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, Do you work in PR? That was very good. <laughs> uh, no, Crystal Palace straight avoid. Yeah, there's just better options elsewhere. To be honest, they're not a bad team. They're not doing badly. Like, I've seen that they've not really won a game want... this year. Earlier on. Oh crikey, really? Yeah, they, 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 they had a good start to the season, but then yeah, apparently haven't they haven't won a game this calendar year, which yeah shocked me a bit. So there you go. That's my primacy bias talking then. <laughs> um, Everton. I uh, got stung by Tarkovsky last week. They don't have much going forward either. Is that another avoid? No doubt. Oh, mate, mate. Yeah. Avoid like a beer left on the uh, pavement. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, and on to um, one of the surprise packages of the season. Uh, well, yeah, there's been a few actually with Fulham, Brighton and uh, Brentford all doing very well. But Fulham, uh, you're your side the last few years. Um, not really talked about as much FPL-wise, even with the um, the form, probably to do with um, the blank in 28 and the um, the fixtures. Are they an option at the minute or is there, they want to just wait until we know what's happening later on in the season? Andreas has been the gift that keeps on giving at 4.4 and Mitrovic has been on fire for different points, but I just can't see it when there's so many other options you're going to want. Polinia's out, that makes all the difference to them. It's just not for me right now. No, agreed. Um, Leeds, um, again, I've not seen many Leeds players in uh, in any drafts. I've had Nonto for a bit, he did okay. Um, But for this this run of games, I don't think I'm interested. No, same, to be honest with you. Again, if it was the other times in the season and there weren't all the teams blanking and doubling, you might look at a couple of the fixtures, but it's just too much new manager, you know, other teams having better options. No one actually in their team putting their head above the trenches and saying, have a go at me. 
no, I'm passing. Yeah. Leicester, for me, is really interesting one. I know we touched on it slightly before, but fixture's really good. They've got decent assets that have done well in previous seasons. You've already mentioned Ian Acho bringing him in. Madison, um, two-year transfers this week. Even like Harvey Barnes can have stages. I think he scored eight goals this season. I don't know where from. I've not noticed at all. Um, but if they do get it right, then that could really boost your rank. Because I, I can't see many people taking the risk, but I can see the thought process behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the minute, Madison's 4.6% owned. And Ian Acho, oh, hang on. Technology lets you down, doesn't it? He's 1.9%. So if they go off, you're going up. And interesting about Madison, he's averaged an attacking return every 97 minutes. So a goal a game for an eight-point whatever midfielder, it's not yeah. half bad. Quality player and Palace away and Villa at home in the double followed by Bournemouth is... Yeah, he's, he's definitely on my radar and I think he should be on uh, on the listeners' radars as well. Uh, definite potential there. And Ian Acho had a tough run of games recently and on the podcast I said to everyone, it's not going to carry on this. And then the week after he's in the team of the week again and again, I'm like, right, well, maybe 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 you should get him. But um, yeah, uh, Liverpool, uh, tough one with the tough fixtures in the bland, but you seem to have some faith in Salah. I think I found him a lot easier sell this season than uh, in previous years. I think I, I don't think I'd have been able to go a week um, without him, or I'd be watching from behind my couch, um, keeping the faith. Well, I only bought him last week. I had um, I was on the De Bruyne train for a few weeks, and then I got Fernandez for their double, and a few weeks after that, but I, I got Salah for their double, and there's just something in my gut. Man U at home, don't know, and then Bournemouth. You can't sell him for Bournemouth. Then the I might sell him after that for someone who's got a blank and a double. But you're going to want him back. Mm. But that's why I've got the wild card in my back pocket just in case. So I'm happy to have him for two weeks, and then I don't care if I sell him, so I can do what I want. <laughs> um, City and United, really interesting ones. Um, probably, I think. They're definitely two teams that if you are saving your wild card for later, you're going to be tripling up on uh, probably both of them after 33. Uh, at the moment, my plan's to bring in United players for 29 if I can. Um, but City, I could even be going without them until 30. Do you, do you think that's too big of a risk given that they've both, the two, two of probably the best three teams in the league at the moment? Or do you think we can be swayed by the fixtures and the amount of fixtures that other teams have in the next few weeks? I think you can't talk about Man City without also talking about Harry Kane because Kane and Haaland, unless you're on a wild card where you could get both, it's a big chunk of cash, to be fair. But there's a real argument for looking at Kane's fixtures and saying, you know, Forest is that better than Palace? Southampton is definitely better than a blank. Everton, is that better than Liverpool? Liverpool. Yeah, probably. So, do you know what I mean? You could definitely look at that there. Mm. I think for United, I'm not personally too excited about their double in 29. I've got Rashford. I'm holding Rashford. But Mm. I wouldn't bring anyone else in. You know, Newcastle with Bruno back. 
Brentford at home. Brentford aren't really a team this season that get pumped. No. I don't know. I'm not saying anyone's wrong, but it's just not exciting me. But I'm holding Rashford. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, you've, you've got to. He's been a man possessed recently. I mean, it's really good to see him in back on form, um, especially given his six and a half million pound price tag at the beginning of the season. That um, looks very silly now. Uh, Newcastle, you've mentioned Bruno. Do you think he makes a massive difference in terms of wanting to own the assets? And is there anyone who you'd look at forward-wise? Because I'm always seem to be drawn to the defence, given how um, how tight they were at the beginning of the season. And Almiron's run seems to have come to an end now. I think Bruno's impact on the team is huge. Whether he's an impact on whether I want to own their assets, um, I definitely want to hold trips. Beyond that, there's no one else I want to buy just yet. But you never know. With they've got a few doubles, we might know whether Wilson's going to play, whether Isaac's going to play, how they're looking when you've got a bit more information down the line. So it's not for nothing. But yeah, at the minute, it's more me reconsidering how other people are going to play against them and whether it's as nice a fixture for other people as it was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, a bit frustrating with Wilson and Isaac because they've both shown signs and obviously Wilson long-term has been a really good striker at this level, but both shown signs this season have been very good and then they've just had injuries and it's been a bit in and out. Wilson were very poor in the final. Um, it just looked completely off it. So uh, I think, yeah, Trippy is the one. And then if I've I've gone for a second defender, uh, mainly for the Wolves at home, Forest away, and then the double. Um, but that's Botman, so I've not invested much money in there. So if it uh, if it goes wrong, then there's not much spent. Uh, Forest uh, didn't not really look to them, but they've got Wolves and Leeds in the double. Um, probably still an avoid for me. But anyone you'd consider, if you're if you're packing out your bench with bargains, Gibbs White's not the worst shout. If you don't yeah, fancy having, you know, if you don't fancy having two Brighton attackers, one of them and Gibbs White for that double, Wolves and Leeds, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, you could go for a defender, they're nice and cheap, stick them on your bench, get a bench boost, it's fine. They're not really first teamers for me, but there's worse options to have sitting there on your bench. Then worse options being Southampton players. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah. Um, all over the place, aren't they? Uh, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, it's not yeah. where you want to be. But the the relegation race is wide open this year. Like last year, it was always like three from four, three from five. Like Southampton and Bournemouth, I thought they were gone the other week, or they were on the way going. I thought I didn't see much of a way back, and then they went and won at Chelsea and Wolves on the same day. So it's. I think there's any team from seven or eight at the bottom that could go, but if you're going to pick one, I think everyone's going to pick Southampton to be bottom of the pile. So FPL-wise, stay away. Um, Tottenham, anyone you'd touch apart from Harry Kane for that run? The only thing I would say for Southampton is that you know James Ward-Prowse can score any match. Like, again, if you if you want him on a bench boost, you need someone cheap, he, you don't worry about it. But again... It's not where I'd look first. Um, yeah, Spurs, I think Harry Kane's a real shout. I would love Son to be an option again, but he's just not putting his hand up this season. Um, 
have to wait and see what happens with Kulosevsky, but he's not been the same since coming back from injury. Um, if you're looking at defender, you know, Dyer's going to be really popular. But again, I think people are going to be more tempted by the Brentfords and the Brightons. But there's something to be said for having a look at those fixtures. Southampton in the blank, that's a really good one. Mm. Yeah, and Sun can just... I know he's looking at um, this season, you wouldn't pick him, but you know there's a performance in there. Can't remember who they were playing, but he came off the bench and got a hat-trick earlier this season, just out of nothing. Um, but yeah, the levels mm. of consistency just aren't there at the moment. Uh, West Ham's an interesting one, especially if you are going to... Um, I'm not doing, but if you are going to free hit in 28, they've got some nice-looking look, fixtures around it and a very... A, a decent looking double with Southampton and Newcastle at home. Yeah, so Ariola is actually not a bad second goalkeeper shout because he's nice and cheap, and Fabianski's got a fractured eye socket. So we know that he's, you know, pretty unlikely to be playing. Beyond that, it's a watching brief for me personally with my wildcard strategy. I can afford to take a breather. But Southampton, anyone who's playing there must be worth a look. Where's the gaps in your team? You know, do you need a forward? I'm not sure about getting Ings a month in advance. I know he's not been quite as bad with injury as he used to be, but that still gives me the heebie-jeebies. But where's the gaps in your team, you know? Do you yeah. need somewhere in mid? Do you need somewhere in defence? There's people There's people options there, you know? Mm. And then another one that um, last, and maybe one of the least, but um, Wolves, um I gambled on Sarabia. It kind of paid off. He scored uh, against Fulham, but then got a yellow card and subbed off at half-time against Liverpool. But I'd have taken 10 points beforehand, but now I've got shot of him straight away. Is there anyone there, uh, potentially defence, with um, from 28, Leeds, Forest? I don't, I don't, I've not seen many Wolves players in people's teams that are wild-carding or have made wholesale changes these last, um, well post the double game week for me it's a don't buy don't sell um i've got kilman and i'm very happy he plays every week i think he's guaranteed to play every week now he can just sit there he can do a job um if you're worried about like being hit by injuries have a look at a defender but again there's definitely more excited options but if you need an even steven to prop up your third slot on your bench who's you know 4.3 even cheaper They'll get you through. Yeah. Um, just just quickly, I can't remember if you covered it earlier. Um, when would you plan on playing, if you're going for the later wildcard, so the game week 33 wildcard, when would you plan to use your free hit and bench boost or where do you think that will sit at the moment? So I am setting up for a 29 bench boost just with transfers. Yeah. With my free hit, I know what I said earlier about trying to play aggressively, but keeping it for no game with 32 is looking like a good option for me personally at the minute. Um, you could wait till you know later on, is 37 going to be massive and you want to steamroll into that? Again, you've got options with that way, and that's the uh, that's yeah, the plus, think, but I think normally you'd yeah, you could play it aggress really aggressively and go 34 or 37, but. That wild card in thirty three that you're playing should be it should be the same teams that are doubling in thirty four and thirty seven anyway, like you said earlier. So that should cover you. So I think in this case you said about not playing it aggressively, but I think that is the sensible 
move if you are wild carding later to play that free hitting 32. But again, don't want to teach people how to suck eggs. It's everyone's team's going to be different, but it makes sense to to do that the way that you've said it there. Is there anything else you want to uh, discuss about the rest of this season before I reminisce about Burnley's time in um, in FPL and hope? Well, it's looking like we'll be back in it next year, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, just before we start talking about the good times and the promised land and the, all of that good stuff, <laughs> um, if you still get your triple captain, I don't know. Some people have. I played mine on Rashford um, on their double game week, very happy. But if you look at the fixture list up on the screen, um, Haaland in 34 is a nice little mix there. So if you've still got that floating around, I'd recommend just keeping it in your back pocket seeing how City's doubles shake out. Because if they've got Fulham and West Ham, that's not too shabby with what's still coming up. Um, that's the only other chip that I'd kind of throw my two cents in on. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think if City is still in with a shot of the league at that point as well, they could be going hell for leather. So yeah, really, really good point. Um, so Burnley, FPL-wise, um, I know I've had a few moments that um, I've regretted and then... And some of the moments that I've absolutely loved because it's like a double header, a double whammy if your team wins and and your FPL team as well because they're one of your players. But have Burnley been in the Premier League ever affected your decision making? And are there any standout moments from Burnley players that have, that stick with you from an FPL point? I'm I'm such an emotional um, sort of player in that sense. In the you know I was I was. Um, getting Corney in as soon as he came and sticking the captaincy on him and um, most of my memories to be fair with Burnley FPL players are negative ones because I've made a daft decision because my gut's gone oh but what if um, I remember a, f- a few seasons ago there was a bit of a meme about the Ashley Barnes train going yeah, round and he scored well. a couple yeah he scored a couple it's in the first well, game he scored one the game <laughs> after and then just Kind of that was when he got his injury. To be fair, I think it was so. Um, but that was a good one. Um, last season when we had all those doubles, I was like, right, it's Vegor's time. Just get that the captain well. and get him in. No, it did not. And I think I was doing that out of stubbornness more than anything else. At the end, um, the Vegalodon never really set sail, but it was a good <laughs> laugh. Um, it was almost torture at the start of last season, having to make sensible moves and being like, no, you can't have. You know, Corne, McNeil, and whatever, all up front. <laughs> You've got to actually try and win this thing. Um, there was a double game week when Lowton did well. I managed to catch that. Yeah. I think that was a couple of seasons ago. But beyond that, I'll be honest with you, it's mostly sort of daft, emotional pub bravado <laughs> that runs my Burnley FPL choices. Yeah, that, that when Lowton scored at Palace, weren't it? And uh, yeah, he got the very same. Yeah, um, my one were, um, t- I remember it were a few years ago, I think it were 16, 17, um, we had Heaton in goal, I had Heaton in goal, so it our first year backup after we'd won it, Heaton straight from the off, and I had uh, Forster as my second keeper when he were at Southampton, and we were playing at home to Southampton, and in my head I thought, right, I, d- I don't know why, put Forster in, and then if Burnley win... I'm not going to be bothered about whether Forster's considered a goal or not. So it's win-win. 
And in that game, we won 1-0. Ashley Barnes, aforementioned Ashley Barnes, scored the winner. And Heaton saved a penalty. So I was sat looking at like 15 points, Tom Heaton on my bench, and I had Forster with like one point or two points or whatever in my team. And I was thinking, no, you bloody idiot. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll <laughs> we'll have some we'll have some exciting options next season rather than who's on set pieces and who's our centre backs uh, going up for corners and set pieces. But it should be really interesting. It's going to be. I try not to bring emotion into it, but it's going to be really difficult next season with the amount of flair players that we've got in the side at the moment. Yeah, hundred percent. The only thing that's playing on my mind about FPL next season is how much we're spreading the goals out amongst the team. So I've got a hunch that we're still going to be coming back to our defenders simply because of the Man City problem. Uh, isn't it mad we're saying like Burnley's yeah, got a Man it's, City it's problem? It's quite, quite, but, a nice, <laughs> quite a nice problem to have, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I've, I've just, uh, yeah, I've got a hunch we'll still be looking at the defenders, but you never know. We might catch lightning in a bottle for a couple of games in a row. Well, so, so. Um, how would you summarise life as a Burnley fan this season? Obviously, in the league below, we've been used to for the last few years, uh, but it's been one heck of a season. Mate, you know, it's been mad. Um, the way the only way I can really describe it is it feels like coming home from uni and seeing all your hometown mates and just going on a terror before you have to go back to your day job in the city. <laughs> That's the only way I can really describe it. Um, and it it feels like you've you've come back to your old haunts and all the mates are there and you don't always get on but it's always a good time and then you're gonna have to go back to playing flipping wolves away in Southampton or at the other end of the country and whatever but yeah, it's well, just been the best. We'll get we'll get a taster of that won't we in the cup after that draw last week. Well, this week. Oh crikey. Any bomb, anyone but them. But yeah, anyway. get ready to pay Northern Quarter prices. <laughs> um, do you think we'll, we'll finish the job, champions? Can you see it any other way? Oh yeah, yeah. I think we'll definitely be champions. My question is, we're going to break the record. That's yeah, very optimistic. I've seen that a few times, and why not? Why not aim for it? But um, yeah, it's uh, it's great this season. But I'm really, really interested. Whatever happens, it's going to be very different next year in the Premier League to what we were used to in the last at least two or three years. So we had the two brilliant top half finishers, but uh, it were a bit of a grind the last couple of years. And I think this this team, whether how successful they are or not, it'll be a completely different approach. So um yeah, uh, can't I can't wait for it. I think a lot of Burnley fans can't wait for it. Um is uh, is there anything else gone sorry it might just be me projecting but I think this season's, oh, this might sound really daft and come back to bite me, but I think this season's removed the fear of the championship in some ways because there's always been a bit of that, you know, we go down, we're bust. We go down, they nick all our best players, we become the next Bolton, we become the next Sunderland, we're stuck in there forever, you know, the next PNE or whatever, no disrespect. Well, loads of disrespect, I don't care. Um, but, I don't know. It, it, there's just been a bit of a feel that we'll, we'll have a go and we'll have fun and we'll play it our way. And if we go down swinging and we go down having fun, it is what it is. And we'll have another good season and we'll come back up. And there just seems to be a lot less fear around the club at the minute and a lot more smiles and a lot more fun. And it's easy when you're winning. But I've got a hunch that's here to stay for a bit. 
Excellent. Uh, I think that's that's a nice bit of positivity uh, to wrap things up. Um, as always, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, or email previewshow at nonanever.net. Uh, and if you have any questions about what we've covered today, um, then yeah, feel free to send them over and um, I'll track Jimmy down and get him to give you an answer um, or I'll try and muddle one together. All that's left to say is a big thank you to our special guest, uh, Jimmy, uh, for his fantastic insight and uh, and tips. Um, the Analysis Show team will be back um, very shortly to review the Claret's trip to Blackpool and to preview another big Lancashire showdown at Turf Moor as we take on Wigan Athletic. Until next time, up the Clarets. Up the Clarets. Come on. <laughs> the Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.